Привет, comrades! Welcome to the first of a series of audio blogs which I will be doing describing my Spartak Moscow save here in Russia. I'm Servalarian FM, based here in Toronto, uh, the 0.01% of FM content creation, and I'm going to be running you through my second season with Spartak Moscow. So, before we get into everything, we're going to I'm going to want to run you through the transfer history. So, the 2019-2020 uh, summer was a very very busy time, and over the course of the entire season, I spent 73 million pounds and sold 59 million pounds, um, which is a decent amount of money that I did spend on transfers. But the overall money that was uh, exchanged wasn't actually ridiculously high in terms of overall balance for the club. So if I'm going to run you through my summer transfers. It was uh, a lot of young Russian players. So I signed Vladimir Sokolov, who is a young Russian midfielder from Chertanovo for £850. Evgeny Mamaev from Kimki for £1.3,000. Evgeny Chesnikov from Fakel for £850. Valery Kuznetsov from Spartak Nalche for £1.9,000. Konstantin Kukushkin from Metallurg Lipetsk for £6,000. And then moving into the bigger signings, I signed Josip Ilicic from Atalanta, who, spoiler alert, was an absolute flop, but I also am going to attest that to his uh, player traits, as well as the overall striker issue being somewhat uh, there over the course of this season. I also brought in a young uh, Ukrainian striker who's been tearing it up for uh, Spartak Moscow 2, Andriy Zoria for £375,000 from Obolon Brewer. He's very quick and he's got very good finishing as well as heading ability and he's a very, very good striker for the future potentially. I also signed transfer-listed Marco Piaka from Juventus, who I think was an absolute coup for signing him for only £9.5 million as of right now. He's valued at £17.5 million and he's been putting in an absolute shift over the course of the season. Uh, he put in uh, only five goals and three assists, but ultimately, over the course of 28 games, he was a very, very, very good player on the left or and the right side. I also brought in Daniel Philip Duda from Dubnička and Demir Horvat from Olympia. So both of these were defenders, but didn't really work out for the club, and I've actually sold them right now. Um, Moving into the January transfers, which actually, no, I will move into the January transfers after I go through the overall first half of the season, which is what I'm going to run you through now. So uh, for the first half of the season, we uh, did a small tour of China, playing three games against Shanghai SIPG, Wuhan, and Guangzhou, winning, winning the first one and drawing the next two, as well as going to Burnley, Monaco, Spartak Kerch, and uh, playing a home game against Liverpool before the Super Cup game against Siska Moscow, or CSKA Moscow. So this stadium was played in the Fisht Stadium, which is kind of sounds like Fish Stadium, uh, which is the Sochi Stadium in Sochi, which was constructed for the Olympics. And we ran out of that game three nil winners with a goal from Nikolai Raskazov, Georgi Jikia, and Roman Eremenko. Uh, moving on to that, we had a very, very solid run in the league, uh, beating Ahmad 1-0, uh, uh, then going playing Zenit at home with a 0-0 draw, as well as a game away against CSKA where we drew 0-0. Uh, moving on to more games, we beat uh, Ufa, I don't know the best way to say that, way, 
um, 1-0, uh, with a very small crowd of only 8,400 fans, as well as coming home to draw to Yenisei. We then, in September, beat Tambov 4-0 at home, but and then went to Ural in the uh, Ekaterinburg Arena, where we uh, drew 1-1. After that, we went to Krasnodar, beating Krasnodar, who are a very good, decent side, 3-1, with goals from Marin, Komarov, and Denisov, as well as beating Arsenal Tula, 3-0, with goals from Miranchuk, Eromenko, and Shanbiev. Moving into October, we uh, went away to Khabarovsk, winning 3-0, and beat Dynamo Moscow in a local derby game, 4-0, in front of 44,000 fans, with goals from Ilicic, Krivsov, Karavayev, and Popov. Um, and our last game of October was against Baltica, where we won 2-0. Moving into uh, November, we actually went and lost a game in, against Lokomotiv at their arena. Uh, and our, we only scored a Constellation own goal at the end of that. Then we went home to Akmat, winning 1-0. Uh, and going away to Rostov, winning 3-0. And finally going away to rivals Zenit, where we won 1-0 at the St. Petersburg Stadium. Our last two league games of December were both victories, where we beat Ufa 1-0, as well as beating local rivals CSKA 2-0 at home. If, and then I'm going to run you again through the actual cups, or the singular cup, which is the Kubok Rossi, uh, which was um, very successful this season. So the first round, which was actually the fifth round that we played, was against uh, Shinnik, who are um, quite a small team, where we beat 1-5-0 away. Uh, moving into the sixth round, um, we beat Rostov 2-1, and then the uh, quarterfinal first leg, we beat Akhmat 1-0 at home, and then went away uh, down all the way down to uh, where they are located, which is in uh, facilities, which is in Grozny, oh, very far away, where we ran out 2-0 uh, winner, our 1-0 is there. Moving into the semi-final, we beat Zenit 2-0 at home and then went away to the St. Petersburg Stadium where we drew 1-1. And then finally for the final of the game, which was played at the Kazan Arena, a 45,000-seater stadium, for which is used by Ruben Kazan, we won 3-1 against Krasnodar. So um, the way that Kubok Rossi works is quite weird. You actually get the entire bracket drawn it's not like it's the fa cup where they draw each round separately it's drawn in a very tree-based format so it's very similar to uh, for example some american sports tournaments uh, where the entire bracket is already shaped up for when you begin um, and then i'm going to go into the champions league um, so we actually got a quite a tough group uh, again or not that tough of a group but we got atletico madrid uh, Red Bull Salzburg, Milan, and Milan as our three teams. So ultimately, um, it was a pretty decent group, but I felt pretty confident going into it, considering um, Atletico are very, very good, obviously, but we're uh, as good or a little bit worse than teams such as Milan and Red Bull Salzburg. So uh, our first game uh, in the Champions League was at home to... Atletico, where we conceded two late goals in the 86th minute and the 95th minute to go out losers, um, which was quite irritating. And then we went to, away to Austria, where we drew 2-2 with Salzburg, and then went away to the magnificent, magnificent San Siro, where we drew 0-0. Uh, going into November, into the last three games, 
We took Milan back to the uh, Otkriti Arena where we won 2-0 with goals from Jukia and Aramenko. Uh, and then went away to Atletico, where we had a nice 1-1 draw, as well as a 2-1 victory at home against Red Bull Salzburg. Um, this, in turn, allowed us to qualify second in the group with nine points from six games, one point behind Atletico, which we would have actually finished ahead of them if we had won that last game and not bottled it at the end. So with this game, we got drawn against Borussia Dortmund, who are a very, very good side, and we got thrashed 4-0 at home in front of 41,000 fans and then went away to Signal Iduna Park where we won two where we drew 2-2 which was unsuccessful ultimately in allowing us to go through the first knockout round so it was quite annoying considering the season before we had gone on a pretty big Europa League run uh, which I would have liked to have done but I'm content with how we actually finished qualifying from our Champions League group in second place but losing out to Dortmund was quite irritating. So I'm going to then uh, go back to the uh, actual league and go run you through the fixtures during the second half of the season, considering in Russia there's a big break uh, over January and February due to the weather. But before that, I'm going to run you through the January, January transfers, but also before that, I'm going to run you through the actual outs, because I forgot to do that. So uh, over the summer, we uh, sold uh, Mevlia, who I had signed last season for 2.8 million to Cardiff, uh, which made us a decent amount of money. And we sold Luis Adriano, who is our hero from last season, for 10 million pounds to Porto because he was not of Eastern European ethnicity. Um, and since then, he has flopped significantly and is now at Fluminese. Um, we also uh, loaned out quite a few players. And ultimately, unfortunately as well, we had to sell the wonderful Roman Zobnin to Atletico, who actually played against us, as I've just described in the Champions League group, for his release clause of 13.5 million. Zobnin's amazing, as he was a very, very, very good ball-winning midfielder with amazing mentals. He's also a model professional, and uh, but it was only 13.5 million. And in your save, I'd highly recommend looking to bring him in as a very good uh, center midfield option. So that was, we didn't really make all too many sales, aside from uh, Vyacheslav Zhviryov uh, as well, to Porto for 2 million up front, as well as 50% of next sale. Um, and we also, um, unfortunately, uh, and moving into the uh, January window in terms of our outs, we, Atletico, uh, signed another one of our players, who is uh, Georgi Gikia, for his release clause of 27 million. So they've actually poached two players in one season. Um, as well as selling Evelyn Popov to Guignamp in France for 1.5 million pounds. Moving into the inns over the summer, over the January period, we signed uh, Andrzej Pajakowski, I think I'm saying that right, from Arca in Poland for 800,000 pounds up front, as well as which would rise to 2.8 million over time if he makes 50 appearances and scores 50 goals, 1 million pounds for each. Our next signing is by far, I think, the best signing we've made this save is the wonder kid and incredible Czech winger Marek Prazak. So he was signed from Sparta Praha for 3.5 million pounds up front, which would rise to 10.5 million, including add-ons. So running you through Prazak, he's incredibly rapid as a winger with very, very good crossing ability and technique. 
and he's been absolutely incredible. So in his first season with us, over the course of the season, he would make 14 appearances, averaging a 7.35 rating, scoring 6 goals, and getting 4 assists uh, with 2 player of the match awards. He would also average 2 dribbles per game, uh, and and in total had 23 fouls against him. So he was really, really good in the league um, and in the cup, which is, again, where he mostly played, um, and ultimately averaged a 7.35 rating, which is really, really, really good. Our next signing was Armin Jurlek from Partizan, who was 250,000 pounds, who has just really sat in the second squad. He's been very, very good for them, um, as well as Filip Maksimovic from Radniki, uh, Radni Radnitsky, 1923, He's a young Serbian striker who is very quick, again, with very good dribbling, finishing technique, teamwork, um, as a very, very good striker who's been flirting in and out of the first team in the third season that I've been playing. Um, and he's definitely got the ability to start starting games. I also signed Marco Rog, who was transfer listed from Napoli for £6 million. Right now he's valued at £15 million and he's been quite good as a rotational sentiment option. The next big signing was Dusan Tasic. Sounds very much similar to Dusan Tadic, but this is another Serbian striker signed from Dinamo Vranje in Serbia, costing me £750,000, but I've gone and sold him to Benfica as he's been a bit whiny and hasn't really developed all too well. Our second and our second last signing was Zlatan Sehovic, another signing from Partizan who had cost me £1.2 million. He's a very, very good left back. Um, and he's got a lot of potential, and he's been—he's looking like the long-term replacement for Captain Dmitry Kombarov. And the last signing, which was signed on February 27th, the very last signing of the save, or this, the transfer window, was Patrick Schick, who was signed from Roma for 35 million pounds, rising to 45 million with clauses. Um, and he's a very, very, very good striker. Again, 15 dribbling, 14 finishing, 16 first touch, 17 technique, 15 composure, 16 flare, 15 off the ball, 15 acceleration, agility, balance, jumping reach, pace, as well as 16 strength. And very good traits for a complete forward, which is what he's playing at. He's my uh, second highest paid player, uh, only just behind another signing who I've made this season. But he's earning £75,000 a week as... A key player but I think he's well worth it being an excellent striker who we can potentially cash in on next season so ultimately again with a distinct outlay of 73 million pounds a majority of which came from Schick but it was actually quite well offset by the other sales we made including Jikia which uh, meant we only were actually paying um, 14 million pounds 14 million pounds on our transfer, which is actually really financially beneficial for the club, allowing us to bring in so much talent for not actually that much. So if I'm moving us into the second half of the season, uh, it was actually, we are absolutely tearing teams apart with these new signings. So we beat Yenisei 4-0, Tambov 4-0, um, Ural 2-1, Sibir 5-0 away, and then took him home um, four days later, where we beat him 3-0. Uh, Arsenal Tula, we thrashed 5-0, Krasnodar 3-0, Khabarovsk 3-0. Uh, so ultimately, over the course of March to the end of the season, we only conceded one goal over the course of... Three, six, seven, 
over 11 games, which is incredible, as well as scoring as well as scoring a load of goals in that amount of time. So we beat Arsenal Tula 5-0, Krasnodar 3-0, Khabarovsk 3-0, Baltica 4-0, Lokomotiv 1-0, and Dinamo Moscow 2-0. So ultimately, in, in terms of our final position in the league last season, we finished first place winning the league once again, um, only losing one game over the course of the entire season, which was that loss to Lokomotiv Moscow. We won 25 out of our 30 games, drew two, only conceded seven goals over the season, which was incredible. Again, our backline was immense, uh, led by players such as Serhii Krivtsov um, and Svetozar Markovic, which was our main centre-back pairing over the course of the season, which was really just incredibly solid, um, allowing us to barely concede any. So we scored essentially for every goal we conceded, we scored 10 goals. Uh, and we finished the season on 79 points, 9 points ahead of 2nd place Lokomotiv, and um, far ahead of 3rd uh, place Zenit, who scored with 65 points, and then another distinct gap of 9 points to 4th place Siska Moscow with 56, and then Krasnodar and Akhmat with 52 respectively, moving down uh, to Baltique. So the 4 teams who were relegated were Rostov, Sibir, Khabarovsk, and Baltica. Um, which essentially um, is pretty uh, surprising as to how dominant we were. In our first season, again, we conceded 10 goals, but we only scored 49. We've had a very, very solid defense, which is, I think, something that is incredible about uh, Spartak is our very, very, very solid defense compared to other teams in the league. Second place last season, uh, which was CSKA Moscow, conceded 24 goals, and Second place this season was Lokomotiv, who conceded 27. So we're barely conceding goals, but we're also scoring a large amount. We only we were second in terms of goals scored, with Lokomotiv scoring 75. But we've been scoring lots, but not conceding any, which is, again, as the old saying goes, defense wins championships, um, which is very popular in North America. And it's, it shows, as we barely conceded any goals, going on that 11-game unbeaten run where we only conceded one goal and before that we um, before the locomotive game we had gone four games before the break where we didn't concede a goal either so over 15 games or 16 games we didn't we only conceded one goal before our loss to locomotive which is an incredible statement for the team so ultimately um, the team has been performing really well and I think my 4-1-4-1 um, tactic, which I've been constantly adjusting and looking for uh, help from the community, has really, really performed. Schick, again, was on fire when we signed him, uh, scoring five goals. Yeah, five goals, which isn't a crazy amount, but um, he scored five goals in 12 games, which is pretty quite impressive, assisting three, um, having 24 fouls against, um, and ultimately he had a very, very good performance in that first season for us um, another incredible performer was the uh, signing from last season Alexi Miranchuk who played 32 games over the entire season or 42 games over the entire season scoring 10 goals um, as well as assisting six um, and just being a really really solid midfield option uh, Antonio Marin again was another one of those very good players scoring uh he scored 11 goals over the course of the entire season uh, with 33 or 33 appearances, 
with four assists and uh, averaging 1.89 dribbles per game, as well as uh, having 44 fouls against him, averaging a 7.18 rating. Uh, Marco Piaka again, was a very, very good signing for the half of the season he played with 28 appearances uh, with five goals, three assists, uh, averaging 1.56 dribbles per game with an average rating of uh, 6.95, which isn't amazing because he kind of struggled in the cup. But he, over the league, he averaged a 7.05. He was a very, very good player for us. Um, and lastly, I want to highlight uh, Sergei Krivsov, who was just an absolute tank, averaging a 7.54 uh, in the league, 7.32 overall, scoring three goals, popping up, and playing 38 games. He was just an immense player in the back line. And going to his center back partner, Svetozar Markovic, Markovic, um, played 27 games averaging a 7.57 in the league 7.3 overall so he was just an absolute tank the younger uh serbian center back who's only 20 alongside the older uh krivsov who's 29 um they formed a really really strong partnership in the back um so ultimately over the course of the season i'm really really happy with the performance and it again leads us into this next season which is um coming up where we have another chance to do a very, 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 very good performance um, and look to actually potentially um, have an unbeaten season. Um, as well as our signings, we've, we made a load of money from sponsors and there's lots of potential uh, signings we can make. Um, furthermore, it's just been a really solid season. I'm really happy with how it's been. And I hope that this um, audio blog, which I've uh, essentially run you through how the actual season has gone as well as describing some of the players and some statistics uh, of the players and our results i hope it's been okay um it's a little awkward for me because again it hasn't been perfect throughout the whole thing but i'm not trying to make it perfect i'm just trying to make it me and actually just trying to make it um a decent reflection of the entire season overall i'm really happy with how it's gone again as i said great season uh just amazing performance despite some again some aging players someone like Dmitry Komarov who last season averaged a 7.72 with eight goals 13 assists 12 player of the matches um, just an immense player despite being 33 so overall great performances over, um, around from the whole team a great season and I hope you enjoyed this audio blog which is running you through my 2019-20 season in Football Manager 2019 with Spartak Moscow. So until next time, I hope you enjoyed listening. Uh, if you have any feedback, do feel free to either uh, respond to this on Twitter, send me a message, or uh, go on my Slack channel, uh, hashtag FM, or uh, read other blogs that I've written on servalarianfm.wordpress.com or check me out on Twitter at FM. I hope all is well with you. Thank you for listening, sharing, and caring. Until next time, goodbye.